Hi there, welcome to the Latchkey Sibs, the podcast that challenges three siblings to take a look at our childhood movie cabinet and one film at a time, criticize or defend the viewing choices we made as kids. I'm your host and the youngest, Gray Baker. And I'm Holland and I'm the oldest. Uh, I'm Allegra and I am just as sober as you all. Which means she's not Perfect. sober at all. <laughs> <laughs> Now, on that note, Meg has been listening along, um, and every time it starts off, or not even starts off, just every time we're talking and it's like explaining what level of sobriety we were in when watching the movie, she was like, wow, this movie really makes you come across as like a heavy drug or alcohol user, when in reality it's only when I'm having to watch these movies, which since we started this podcast is, you know, one time a week per week more than I usually do. Like I'll drink once a month and I'll maybe take an edible once a month, if that. But since this podcast has started, it has been, you know, a little more regular, but still very much relegated to the movie viewing experience. But because that's all the audience is hearing, they're, everyone's like, oh, yeah, these three are just fucking booze bags and stoners. It makes us sound like we have a problem. <laughs> but we really <laughs> don't. It makes me very worried how my future sister-in-law now perceives me. So thank you for that insecurity. She, she, very, much, she very much singled me out. So don't worry. Um, by the way, I there's like... A couple things she said throughout the movie that we we watched it today. So this is the freshest, you know, recording since I've watched the movie mm-hmm. that we've had yet. We all watched um, it today. I've just oh. I literally just finished. <laughs> but she she has a she has a quote in here that I can't wait to say because it really made me laugh. Great. Um but anyways, let's just get into it. Um, so what we do each week is one of us has to present a movie to be critiqued while the other two score it based on five specific categories. Each week's score will be added up and at the end of each season, the sibling with the most points will be labeled master of the remote control while the loser will be forced to do some sort of punishment. This week is the first of a new concept we're attempting in which the movies are randomly selected if you caught our draft episode last week, sorry for the bickering. Um, so what what that means is we don't get to choose what we defend. And this week is also the first installment of our themed month, Sandtembler, in which we are only reviewing Adam Sandler movies for the month of September. And this week, I am defending the first one to be popped out of that Godforsaken randomizer. <laughs> 2006's Click. 
Yeah. This I put oh this boy. one into the hat. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, Colin. you did. <laughs> and I can't wait to defend it. It's Gray's favorite movie. <laughs> so to give a brief summary for those unindoctrinated, a workaholic architect, Sandler, finds a universal remote that allows him to fast forward and rewind to different parts of his life. Complications arise when the remote starts to overrule his choices. Um, oh, whoops. And setting the stage came out June... 23rd 2006 so holland was 14 allegra was 11 and i was nine yep i'm pretty sure we saw this in theaters with probably oh yeah with dad yes and i did reach out to dad to get his take and he just said i don't remember the movie (laughs) click and i said that's for the best (laughs) great I did not um, ask mom because so, I don't think she's seen it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's seen it either. She's also not home right now, so I couldn't ask her right now, even if I wanted to. Well, let's just... I know we all have a lot to say about this movie, so let's just jump right into it with some pre-watch notes. Okay. Holland, do you want to go first? Sure. I remembered a fair amount about this movie. I mean, I was 14 when I saw it, so... It's still pretty fresh in my memory. But yeah, remote control speed slash slows time. Gets it from Christopher Walken at Bed Bath & Beyond in the Beyond section. Skin flap. Sad rain scene. Is Sean Astin the dude Adam Sandler's wife marries after divorce? Yes. Uh, he becomes bitter rich man. Autopilot makes him skip over time. So... Wow, you remembered a lot of like intricacies, like the just the phrase autopilot. <laughs> I completely forgot about the skin flap. <laughs> oh, I remember the until, skin flap. I until forgot it about was Samwise present. <laughs> yeah. Um, Allegra, would you like to go? Okie dokie. Yo, fuck, <laughs> click. I hate click. I don't remember much except that I hate it. I know that Arthur Fonzarelli is Adam Sandler's dad. I know that they have a joke about Adam Sandler's tiny baby dick or something. I know he yells a lot. There's a picnic. He gets fat. I know he zooms into the future where he also got skinny and had an extra skin flap. And he says it's like a tongue. And the only time um, I remember seeing it in theaters, Christopher Walken... Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> okay. God, you guys are remembering such specific. I did I guess, not remember Henry I can't Winkler say. or the baby dick jokes. I did remember dick Henry Winkler. <laughs> I did not remember the baby dick jokes. Um, I I can't harp on you guys too much because I'm rereading my pre-watch notes and the specifics I remember. <laughs> All right. Or a little rough. Give it to us. So I just wrote. Adam Sandler's a workaholic, goes to Bed Bath and Beyond, and Christopher Walken question mark shows him the quote unquote Beyond section where he gives him a magic remote. I remember him slowing down that girl running to watch her boobs bounce. Of course, because it was in the trailer, that. but also in the movie, I'm like, oh, that was two seconds, but that's what imprinted <laughs> into my brain. But anyways, I digress. He fast forwards through the boring stuff, and it turns out it made him a shitty dad. 
he dies? Question mark. <laughs> and then I also, this was really funny because I don't even know where this came from, but I wrote, is Josh Hutcherson in this movie? <laughs> no, he is not. No, he is no, not. No, he is not. Jonah Hill is. Um, oh my God. I did not know Jonah Hill was in it. And they put like a shitty nose prosthetic on him. Oh my God. Um, let's get into it. <laughs> All right, I think I am going to be a friend to you, Gray. Because <laughs> I honestly, spoiler alert, I did not mind this movie that much. Like, it was pretty long, but I don't know. The way that the score is sh- shook down for me, I'm probably going to help you out a little bit with your averages. <laughs> so, okay. My nostalgia is an eight. Just because I really, I remembered a lot of this movie and I, I feel like I I watched it a lot. I, this was another, like, it was on TV all the time. Like, or do you want to do your nostalgia or should I just run down all of mine? Uh, it was like a five. Okay. <laughs> I remembered a bunch. I didn't, like, enjoy what I remembered, but it wasn't like too offensive so middle of the road five okay my sit through ability was a seven again i did not mind this movie the inoffensive parts were engaging <laughs> and i thought again i mean this will probably show up in my can we follow this score but i thought it was like pretty well crafted in terms of like plot I was also incredibly surprised how just, like, fine this movie was. Yeah. I, I mean, I had some extremely yes. negative <laughs> remembrances, but honestly, <laughs> seeing how far the Sandler has fallen and just revisiting this first, like, dookie he Oh, I have out, a theory. It's not that bad. So sad. Bookmark that. I have a theory about this movie. Okay. Um, but anyways, so what was your score? It's like a seven. It was really okay. like nice. Not that bad. Was it good? Um, <laughs> appropriate for children. <laughs> and now that I'm looking at it, I feel like it's too high. But whatever. Hey, it's pre. It's pre. You can change it as I we talk. I have it at a seven. Because I feel like for the most part, this is for sure a children's movie. It is made for children. It's PG-13. Is it really? Oh, my God. It seemed <laughs> yeah. like such a He says movie. shit so in it. The, the Japanese businessman says oh fuck. It, he does say fuck, yeah. They get their one PG-13. I'm going to bump it. I know it. It's a six. I'm going to... Appropriate for children is a six. Holland, it's so funny because my immediate gut reaction was also like seven (laughs) but then i'm like there's no way there's no way this can be a higher rating than shrek shrek is way more appropriate for children so probably like a five yeah that's fair does it hold up (laughs) Oof. i have it at a four because again there is i mean on one hand, there is a lot of 
weighing it down. Terrible, offensive shit in this movie. But at the same time, as, like, again, like, the plot makes set like at like as a movie technically as a movie it it holds up but most of the content in the movie not really <laughs> so does it hold up i have a four this is different from followability though right yeah because i yeah I this also, is how holding up to the test of time i also put it at like a four <laughs> like yeah you know what Fair. And Except, you know what? Maybe I'll bump it up. I'll try to. I'll try to raise it for you guys. But okay. Like I'm hard pressed. I felt like the whole plot about how capitalism will eat your soul. So fuck capitalism and do the things you actually love. Like more relevant, either consistently relevant or even more relevant. But That's true. like for now, a four. And then, can we follow this? I have it at a 10. Because I was not confused about anything in this movie. Fuck other yeah. than, like, most of, like, the joke choices. But, like, technically, I could follow this movie 100%. I also have it, like, an 8. Like, extremely followable. Maybe even painfully so. Um, <laughs> but I was confused. They didn't really explain why he could never rewind. Like, it kind of felt like he just didn't. Um, and I like, that's my, I think you could only rewind. I think rewind was only like a replay ability. Yeah. You know what I mean? Extremely clear to me, but like, I'm open to persuasion. Okay. Well, Hey, you know what? Not as bad as I thought I was going to get. So now let's jump into it. The first line of dialogue in the movie is Adam Sandler yelling. And he just sets the tone right off the bat. And it's when, you know, the kids are trying to steal the Twinkies. And he goes, ah! And I'm like, all right, well, it's an Adam Sandler movie. Let's just get that out of the way. Mm. Yeah, not only is it yelling, it's also product placement. Like, But also at the same yeah, time. I'm surprised Hostess allowed these product placements when it was like, this is going to kill him. Exactly. He's not. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I'm like, and they're like, what? You got it. You nailed us on the head. Put us in the movie. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Adam Sandler fucking hates fat people. He thinks that being fat is the most hilarious and disgusting thing you could possibly be. Yeah, it's. I mean, the whole thing was, you know, it was it was attempting to find the parallel between eating poorly and it shortening your life because obviously mortality ended up being a very common theme in this movie mm -hmm. but it was packaged in a way that was yeah very very fat very shamey, <laughs> fat -shamey. and like when he was coughing all the time when he was sick i'm like make him a smoker yeah he's already the anti-hero like I mean, arguably the antagonist of the movie, make him a like even bigger piece of shit than you've already written him to be. Make him a smoker. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And I mean, it, it just carries the same tune as like, you're gonna die. And it's a little bit easier to be yourself. like, to shame people for smoking, I guess. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't really know how to improve that, but sure. So, did you guys miss Grease 2? Because I sure fucking did. Get, I, I mean, again, as I said, I did not mind this movie. <laughs> it did not make me the, angry. It, I mean, it made me it, angry I warmed in some up ways, to it. but... I warmed up to it, but my notes do not reflect that. Um, because in two six, or what's the word? Two consecutive bullet points were "fuck me, this movie is rough," <laughs> and "holy fuck, this movie is racist." Oh my god! Uh, Should we and get into Prince Habibu? Oh, oh god, you mean Rob, Rob Schneider. Schneider? Oh, I know. I literally wrote okay. As as soon as the scene started, I wrote, worried about this Prince Habibu character. And then, oh, God, it's Rob Schneider because of course it is. I wrote, please tell me that Saudi Arabian man is not Rob Schneider. Dot, dot, dot. It is. (laughs) Like, why? Couldn't Rob Schneider play anyone else in this movie? Literally any... Why couldn't Rob Schneider be, like, the Speedo guy? Like, I don't understand. Um, You know what? This also (laughs) brings up a a tangential but, like, important point. Like, if we sidebar Rob Schneider's cameo, because a lot of Rob Schneider cameos are just so unfortunately racist Mm -hmm. that, like, I don't want to spend time on him. Um, It's fair. And it does affect your score. But Adam (laughs) Sandler in this first scene at business is very bad at his job. (laughs) He does not know his client's name. He talks back to his client when the client shows a preference for something else. And he's, like, unwilling to make concessions to his stupid rich client. Like, this is clearly an uber-capitalist world. And he's like, how dare you talk back to my artistic vision of what is clearly just a Benihana's outside. Like, just, <laughs> I thought you wanted to be partner. No wonder David Hasselhoff isn't promoting you. You're such, you're being a piece of shit to your client. Oh my god, David Hasselhoff, another person who I forgot was in this movie, who is also extremely an extremely problematic character, and I know he's like oh my sub, god. quote unquote supposed to be problematic, but the way that his character is shown is much too lighthearted for my liking. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is not and again, sorry, problematic, but it's a very apt comparison for what I'm about to say, but in the movie Horrible Bosses, Kevin Spacey. Oh, yes. he They portray him as, like, the perfect piece of shit, like, boss, you know? And, like, and they're, you know, accomplishing similar things with kind of, like, dangling this promotion forever and ever and ever just to get him to work. Um, but this movie definitely gives Hasselhoff a pass because it's, like, Oh, you know, I'm cheeky as opposed to, you know, incredibly misogynistic and racist <laughs> and racist and sex. Yeah. I mean, just the whole everything, the whole, the whole fucking blend. Yeah. Um, and Adam Sandler bullies his neighbor's kid yeah. constantly. <laughs> also not great. I feel like this is not, not the only great. movie in which he, like... Doesn't he do this in Grown Ups or Grown Ups 2 where he just, like, fucking hates his neighbor child? 
It's like well, no, I think he just hates child. children. There's a lot of movies where he's just battering children. Um, Emotionally, like children. Billy Madison. Get over it. I saw them. Billy Madison, like he, you know, does he plays dodgeball with kindergartners <laughs> jesus christ and apparently and we can get into it but i'm pretty sure if we if that movie is chosen but i'm pretty sure that scene he's like actually throwing full speed at these kids a rubber like you know kickball so it's it's not the first time and it probably won't be the last time that adam sandler just berates children well, um, if we want to talk about say, Billy Madison, it will have to be next year because it is not on our wheel of possibilities. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's because someone had to choose fucking longest yard for some goddamn reason. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry I now pronounced you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> that was Holland's fault. It's not my fault. It's Holland's fault. That was, it was not, not my fault. fault. You said because you. you assumed I was gonna choose Happy Gilmore. No, the water you chose... boy. Oh, that's right. Because you assumed I was gonna choose Water Boy, you chose I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Well, Holland so... was like, I'm telepathically communicating something to you. And I remember the first time I had ever, ever heard of Facebook, Holland was sending Tyler a message with a butterfly gif. Because she was like, we just watched, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, and so fucking reference Allegra, you dumb piece of shit, you don't even know what Facebook is. Okay, well, I don't remember that at all, so that's clearly not what I was telepathically <laughs> communicating with you. <laughs> I don't even remember um, what the else? butterfly reference was about in that movie. I'm pretty sure. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. All right, me. you're Save right. Save it for Infinite's it Chosen. <laughs> Pre-watch notes for I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Okay, I have a... Who else was rooting for Sean Astin this whole time? Oh, my God, of course. He's hot like, and oh, nice. Oh, wow. He wears a Speedo. Ugh. That was his only That was the only fault. thing. That was yeah. portrayed to him. Oh, besides the fact oh, that the he's Oh, the swim instructor? Nice. Good with kids. Respects women. Like... What was your point, Adam Sandler? We're oh, like he's like kicking him in the balls as if the audience is like with him on this. Like, no. I know. It's like why like why not make that character like actually horrible? Like maybe like like shitty to Adam Sandler when Kate Beckinsale's not around or something to at least make us root for him kicking him in the balls when he's frozen or whatever like he was a perfectly because he doesn't even have lines wonderful man a perfectly wonderful man i love Adam they don't even allow him threatened by they allow they don't even allow that character time on screen to have any personality other than that initial scene where he's being super nice to ben the son Every other time, he's just a set piece. And also, when they're at Ben's wedding, he he's like, yes, you can dance with your ex-husband because I trust you because I'm a decent human being. He's not. He, he doesn't even have an ego about the whole situation. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, as far as we know, they had a long and happy relationship. Like, exactly. they're still together. When Adam Sandler <laughs> dies in a parking lot, like 
Like at even least when sixteen he, years or something like that. Like, right? My yeah. first, my first. Yeah. When he, comes I think it might have been like seventeen, but yeah. I go yes, hot Sam. Yes, Samwise. Hell yeah. And my next note is: Is Adam Sandler wearing etnies? And I think that <laughs> really that as well. <laughs> shows the dichotomy between these two characters. Also, yeah, did I you... first noticed the etnies when he was in Bed Bath and Beyond. Same, yes. same. And speaking of Bed Bath and Beyond, my first time check was when he was driving to the store, and that was only thirteen minutes in. <laughs> And also, Adam Sandler in that store, and throughout the, I guess the first part of the movie when we're establishing why he needs a remote and all that, he is peak boomer shit. <laughs> like, just complaining about nothing. You need a remote for your blanket? Whatever. God, I this, also this I also thing. wonder how much Bed Bath & Beyond paid for advertising. Oh my gosh, I know. And for such hostess. an irrelevant... Yeah. And hostess, yeah. I wrote that my first note of this whole movie, because I, I feel like the first 20 minutes are the worst part of the movie. It's like the laziest, it's the most half-assed, and I think it's really indicative of all of the future Sandler movies of just peak laziness. But I'm like, this is the movie where Adam Sandler stopped trying and started getting even. <laughs> where like... <laughs> They clearly, they invest so much of making the movie production look really good and really, like, fancy and expensive. But the actual substance of the jokes and the story, the plot, this was not, this was not. Yeah, his sense of humor is stuck in the sixth grade. Oh my god, it truly is. Like, some of them were just so, like, on-the-nose, dumb, like, dick jokes or whatever um that you're like i genuinely don't know who thinks that is funny other than an 11 year old who is just like they hear the word wiener or boobies <laughs> it was that's what it was it was the scene when he was changing his like hue in the car oh my god yeah oh. that whole sh that whole scene was like only a 10 to 11 year old boy could think that that was hilarious. Yeah, like, as like an, I got boobies. Like, oh, God. I'm Barney the dinosaur. <laughs> like, as, as someone who was 11 when they saw this movie, <laughs> this was the first time, like, I went into the movie theater thinking, I fucking love Adam Sandler. And I left the movie theater going, can Adam Sandler movies be bad? <laughs> yeah i remember you referencing that this movie was your fault was his fall from grace in your eyes mm -hmm. absolutely it was the it was the the peak behind the curtain <laughs> truly um i did say i did note that i did genuinely get intrigued when the remote stuff first started happening like when he was discovering it that like the night at his house mm -hmm. That did kind of make me, like, pay attention and kind of fall into the story. And then immediately ended up, it ended up being, like, a sex thing, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember if that was the same night, but... 
I don't think Boy, so. did it happen a lot. Because um, I think, like, once he finally, like, went back to Christopher to Christopher Walken and like looked at like the DVD menu of his life oh, you're right. and started like yes. really figuring out like what the mechanics of the remote was. I thought that's when it really started to pick up. Like I loved the DVD menu setup. I loved the James Earl Jones as the commentator of his life. Um, and you loved the vagina scene. Oh yeah. Um, great. Clearly. Loved it so much. <laughs> so necessary. Um, Oh, Adam Sandler is such a piece of shit to Jennifer Coolidge. Ah, uh, okay. Oh also, she's amazing in this. I've also just yes, started watching is. The White Lotus, and she's also amazing oh, in that. I'm on a huge no Jennifer Coolidge. The White Lotus. But oh my god, it's so, it's good. so good. I finished it on Sunday when the last episode came out. Oh, I cannot recommend it enough. It is so good. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Coolidge, amazing in it. They're all amazing Everyone's in it. Amazing. However. I mean, this isn't even a however. Connie Britton's character, the the mom, mm-hmm. is mom. Oh, my God. Her hair is the same as mom. Her clothes are the same as mom. A lot of her mannerisms and some of the things she says were eerie. I mean, obviously, there was not... It wasn't, you know, one for one. Yeah. Mom has never been just like a, a cold bitch to a reporter which I think is in the first episode, so sorry if I'm spoiling anything. I've never seen but, this. But Jennifer Coolidge in this movie... I was delighted to see her. So amazing, yes. And ob- and also, she tur- she made, in my eyes, David Hasselhoff somewhat redeemable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once he was in Morocco, I'm like, I want his life. <laughs> Fuck being the CEO. He looks like they- he is living the dream. And clearly, their relationship worked. Yeah. You know? They got through her sleeping with his brother. They got through <laughs> it, which means he learned to be more understanding and hopefully more human towards and, women. And, and she not found a, someone who is understanding of her. Listen, yes. As someone with self-esteem issues, I see you, Jennifer Coolidge and Click. I know what you're going through. I believe in your love. Um, I just have to say another, like, so the vagina scene in that like DVD menu was just like unnecessary. I'm like, this is just stupid. It's not funny. It was just weird, pointless. I did like the, you know, like the making of or whatever. I, I thought that was clever, you know, really tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. um, with the whole life remote thing. But the past girlfriend scene oh, God. was disgusting. Ooh. Was so Yeah, uh, let's let's uh, shame I, women for their appearance. Yeah, great. Yeah. And make it needlessly, like, reflect poorly needlessly. on you for having slept with these women. Like, oh my god, horrible. Yeah, of course uh-huh. it was supposed to be self-deprecating, but the deprecation came at the expense of like, you know, is that a man or a woman? Oh blah, my blah, god. Blah, blah. Like uh, it was really rough. Movie. Also, at first, I loved, I thought, in the first introduction to Christopher Walken, I was like, he is delightful. He is so far my favorite part of the movie. And there were moments where I still felt that way. But then him being a creep was like, does every man in this movie, other than Sean Astin, have to be the worst? Yeah. Isn't it funny I know. that... 
every single man is a creep except for the man who steals his wife, and yet we're still <laughs> expected to hate him. But, like, Christopher Walken is the only person taking this movie fucking seriously. He is yes. doing an amazing job. Yes. He was the only light. What I wrote <laughs> yes. for Word was, Christopher Walken is the only light in this dark, dark disease of a movie. <laughs> Mind you, Great, remember, I'm you have defending to defend this movie. This. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I loved um, basically every single moment Christopher Walken was on scene. He was delightful. I did agreed. have to note that, like, the... When I first saw this movie in theaters, I think the only time I actually laughed was when he's, like, flipping his skin, and he's like, it's like a tongue. I didn't yeah, laugh I think, at the, I didn't laugh at this the, this time, but I laughed so much more. And Yes. I remember that when that came up, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this was hilarious to me. But otherwise, nothing else stuck. I did think that when Adam Sandler, after he discovered the remote's powers and goes back to Christopher Walken to be like, I'm on TV, right? I don't know. I genuinely laughed when he started singing We Got the Funk. (laughs) (laughs) I also was delighted by the Terry Crews cameo. Yes! (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God, yes. And it was one of the few instances that Adam Sandler wasn't being a cunt i mean you know he he muted him so he didn't get annoyed but then he was kind of like playing along so at least in terry cruz's eyes he was you know jiving with him yeah okay which was one of the few times that also leads to a question that i have about like again let's discuss the magic of the remote Thank you. <laughs> I pull back my quote from Like Mike. We gotta talk about the magic. So, I'm like, do the people who get muted know that they're being muted? And then once they're muted and Adam Sandler drives away, are they just muted forever? Or are they just specifically muted from him? Because also, earlier, when he, like, muted and, like, fast-forwarded and, like, what pictured and pictured Jennifer Coolidge, both Jennifer Coolidge and Kate Beckinsale were, like, affected by the remote, but they didn't recognize that they were being muted. And then they, like, ran away. But I don't know. I'm just like, how long does, like, the remote magic last for? Is it just because it's it's in Adam Sandler's point of view? Because, spoiler alert, it was all a dream. I think maybe there's, like, kind of a question mark on that at the end. But... I don't know. I was a little confused about that, but also didn't take it too seriously because, I don't know, it was also kind of dream logic in the end. I don't know. Yeah, I had the same question when Terry Crews popped up. You know, is is this man about to go through life being completely unable to be heard by anyone? But I think the fact that uh, (laughs) it seemed like Kate Beckinsale could hear Jennifer Coolidge... Right. And Jennifer Coolidge yeah. was, like, talking to Adam Sandler as if he could understand her. I think it's, like, if Adam Sandler were to ever run into Terry Crews ever again, he'd be like, this man is making no noise. But, like, <laughs> all, the rest of the world, because, like, the universal remote yeah. is still very distinctly Adam Sandler point of view only. True. True. Yeah, and I think that 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 is, I think it's just Adam Sandler. I think it's... Only in his 
I guess to kind of tie in the logic, you know, maybe it goes away when they leave because he's not part of the, I guess, the, you know, TV view. Um, Like when Christopher Walken said, like, oh, you couldn't see it because you weren't there um, when his dad died. Right. So it's similar where, like, maybe as soon as Jennifer Coolidge leaves the house, it's clicked off and she's back to normal. Gray, is that your cat in the background? Yes. Yes, she's trying to get in, but she was being a pest Um, and eating the plant on the desk, so I kicked her out. I don't know if we... Oh, sorry, go hound. I was just going to say, I don't know if we wanted to talk about the sexual harassment presentation. Seminar? Oh, my God. (laughs) Who has to distribute sexual harassment training? The Hoff is doing a piss poor job, but that those slides were hilarious to me. <laughs> it's like a picture. I did not read the a, slides. It's like a picture of a woman bending over and a man staring at her ass, and the photo <laughs> caption goes, "What is sexual harassment?" No, it says sexual harassment. <laughs> dot dot dot. What is it? <laughs> and he's like. There are two kinds of sexual harassment. Sexual harassment and homophobic harassment or something. I'm just yeah. like, what are you talking about? No. And then we have Adam not taking it seriously at all as he plays with the functions of his remote and makes the Hoff speak in different languages. And he's just openly laughing at the presentation. Not a good look. It's not a good look to show your character not taking sexual harassment seriously, Adam Sandler. Well, as, as you can see throughout his treatment of his children, he's not carrying true to that you know ideology and is just like hey you're a woman put a sweater on true the no amount? one can touch you yeah except for your brother <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Hey, oh god nearly every single interaction he has with his daughter is it's like slut shaming her yeah is like put up a sweater swipe that makeup off Stop wearing so much slutty clothes and her fucking plastic braids in her hair because that's what 2021 is like. Remember, Holland, how we just put our plastic extensions? Do we want to get into the time jumping? Because I took a lot of notes. I, okay, it was hilarious to see what they thought just 2016, 2017 was gonna be. I'm like, how advanced do you think things were gonna get in just like 10 years? But okay. Um, also, Britney Spears joke did not age well. Michael no. Jackson joke, also not great. No. <laughs> yeah, I definitely took note of the Michael Jackson joke. Um, and I mean, I took note of both of them, but the Michael Jackson one was like, wow, 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 wow. Rough. The fact that he, that they think the, like, first of all, that she and K-Fed would still be going strong. <laughs> I know. That she would have a 23rd child, but also that, like, having many children is something trashy and negative. It's, like, it's very also, indicative of what they think is something to be shamed over. 
Also, biologically impossible, unless she's having, like, twins and triplets every time. Or, like, adopting, like, a la Angelina Jolie. Also, (laughs) I also found it interesting that they still thought juicy tracksuits would have endured into 2017, as Adam Sandler is wearing an extra juicy (laughs) tracksuit. To be fair, those were, like... The they were the shit. They were uh, they were the thing. Um, yeah. Also, as soon as he said, <laughs> oh. like, how much worse could things get? Um, and then it flashes forward to twenty. I well, it said like ten years later, and I was like, how much worse can things get in twenty sixteen? You ask. <laughs> like, <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> um. Also. <laughs> The, the one part of the movie that I did like, the one joke, and it was just because it was a funny retort where he's talking to his teenage daughter and, you know, she goes, ah, my boyfriend, the <laughs> only the hottest guy in school. And he says, yeah, he'll be even hotter when I burn his house down. Like that was genuinely funny. I did, I, that was the one laugh I had at this movie. Oh my god, the fact that they think like futuristic teen clothing will include a mini vest, like the most hideous <laughs> fucking green mini vest ever. I'm like, men wrote and designed this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then also I just took note like when he wakes up in twenty twenty three with the flap, I'm like, well, he skipped COVID probably. Like interesting yeah. that the movie can technically logically work around that. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> also, Henry, Henry Winkler's character dies in 2021. Mm-hmm. Please don't come true and make click relevant. I know. Oh. But also, I noted that Henry Winkler looks way better in like actual 2021 than he did in movie 2021. They really like yes. fucked him up, fucked his face up a lot yes. with those prosthetics. But he was wearing the classic granddad fit. Which I did take note of. Yeah. The sweater and the windbreaker. (laughs) Also, one more thing I really want to note about the future is like, wait, like at the end future scenes, what is up with with the weird face mask hood things at the hospital? And also, did that guy have plastic hair? Plastic foam (laughs) drag queen Australia hair. It was so weird. That was the director of the movie. Oh, great. Great choice, dude. <laughs> and it was um, like it was like weirdly homophobic. He was like giving this hot patient a sponge bath. And then he comes over like, hey sir, please get back into bed. You're a patient. And he goes, Look, Colin Firth. And he's like, Ooh, where? And I'm like, what the fuck is what's he the said random Colin Farrell? <laughs> One Colin of the Collins. One of the hot Collins. And he's like, ooh. And I'm like, is this what Adam Sandler thinks the future is like? Is that like gay nurses, doctors have like foam blue hair? And like, is this homophobic? Is I don't know. I don't even know anymore. The offensive. It's probably just safe to assume that everything is offensive in this movie. Although I was surprised at how much tamer the Japanese businessman dinner was compared to the Prince Habibu scene. I will just, I'm not saying it was great, but like Yeah, I mean I was like bracing for the worst because of the Prince Habibu scene. 
Um, and yeah, like you said, because I think I was expecting the worst, the fact that it didn't reach those lengths made it a little easier to, to sit through. <laughs> yes. Although... Um, but once we get to the... I just want to go back to the, the old Henry Winkler. Mm-hmm. That scene, in, you know, when he's replaying it in his office and he's being a cunt. And then it starts to really go downhill in terms of it gets really sad. Yeah. It did really strike a nerve in me. And I did write... Why is this piece of shit movie making me almost cry? <laughs> hey, I mean, the scene in the rain still made me tear up a little bit. I will say. Me too. Like me too. They did a great job of building up to that. I mean, that's, I don't know. That's all I can say. Also, like anything that makes you contemplate mortality is probably gonna strike a nerve. <laughs> like this movie yeah, gets a true. little real. <laughs> I don't know. I remember it gets really real, really fast. Yeah. As a kid in the theater, before we move on, I remember feeling extremely angry as a child, being like, why did it get so dark? Why the fuck is an Adam Sandler movie getting this dark? What the fuck? This isn't, this is so unexpected. But I knew what to expect now, and I I knew it was going to get dark. And I remember just thinking like, okay, fine. Yeah. I mean, After... maybe that's all it was. I just didn't expect it as an 11-year-old. He had This is the first time he had ever set that precedent. But I've seen uncut gems now, so this was pretty tame. <laughs> I still have not seen that, was, but I hear it's very stressful. Was Adam Sandler better at acting in serious situations in uncut gems than he was in this movie? Because <laughs> even in the really serious moments... It was really hard for me to stay in it because I just don't think he was doing that great of a job. Oh my god, terrible job in this movie. No, oh no, yeah, he gems. wasn't that great. Sandler is at his absolute a game. Like people always say that like Punch Drug Love is his best movie in acting wise, but no, Uncut Gems is like a goddamn masterclass. He's a different person <laughs> in Uncut Gems. In this movie, he's like. Okay. When he finds out his dad is dead, he has this look on his face as if it's like, ah, uh, of course. Like, I knew it. Like, the remote. Like, it was almost something deep. It was almost something like the remote. I've, I've connected my actions with my consequences. And then he turns around and he goes, no! Oh, yeah. why? And I'm like, oh, so that, that looks same... like your face was just stupid garbage and your utter garbage. Yeah, and that scene is specifically what I was talking about where he's starting to cry, but he's making his Adam Sandler jokey fake cry face with like the, the weird, like, you know, open mouth, crooked, you know, crooked mouth. Yes. Allegra, you are nailing it. And that's, again, it pulled me out. So I'm like, (laughs) you were starting to do so well. And then you made that face and it just, soiled that moment and just completely shot any you know attempt at being really serious and heartfelt and even in like the rain scene he has to get in one last like dig at sean astin by like flipping him off 
But then he's like, just kidding, you're okay. But I'm like, we didn't need that. Like, it was already, it was like a very emotional scene. And then it was like, yes. but I got to get in one joke because I got to have a joke yeah. every two minutes in this movie. Yeah, if he didn't have the middle finger and just lifted up the okay, it would have actually probably, yeah, actually, you know, made me cry. Because I was like, I was pretty close. I'm not going to lie. This too. movie did bring me to the verge. And then again, okay. just classic <laughs> Sandler, just pulling it right, pulling the rug out from under me. Um, um, I did, did have this thought. And this is a very, I think, I don't know. To me, it was like I underlined it because I wanted to make sure I brought it up. And I, I don't know. To me, I thought it was somewhat of a... I don't know. Fuck me. I wrote, is it just me or was autopilot Sandler who was like throughout the movie, you know, was portrayed to be like, re- like so shitty that it derailed his life. But autopilot Sandler was basically just who that character was before he got the remote. Yeah. That's kind you of know, the like, point of the movie, I think. Well, that's what I was saying is like, maybe it is, but also I feel like it, he was saying like, oh yeah, it was this remote that did it to me. And because of my action, you know, because of the remote, things accelerated, no pun intended, but you know, like they got exponentially worse where to me, I'm like, no, it would have gone exactly this way had you not been in quote autopilot, you would have still been like this. But yeah, I I think that's 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 comes across because I think at one point Christopher Walken even says like you were on autopilot long before you had that remote and like the whole oh, he movie did? Oh yeah. yeah, he says that at one point. And he then you've been like being fast okay. forwarding through your life before right, you can. Right. Then I guess this wasn't as profound as I thought. But And then I definitely I I made that connection when it was the I think the scene flashback or whatever you want to call it when he was talking to his dad. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and like the remote kind of, the remote functions kind of as like the ghosts of Christmas future <laughs> and past or whatever. The whole thing. Yes. <laughs> I love Morty. Morty is okay, great I, other I than Morty. the weird creepiness about Adam Sandler's wife. Also, I okay, I know Sandler's this is really in like not consequential at all, but I loved his little earmuffs when they were in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> I but also and i i don't accept the weird creepiness about um adam sandler's wife that was clearly something added in by the movie christopher walken morty did not want to say it he just had to agree yes did anyone else think it was really random that an hour and 23 minutes into the movie we find out morty is the angel of death <laughs> yeah it's so offhandedly like i'm an angel of death yeah. <laughs> and like that it was so that doesn't connect anything. Yeah, it does not make like, sense. Like <laughs> before he was God essentially, and then out of nowhere he's like, also, I'm the one that kills people or you know, not kills I people. I didn't want like, to take your father or whatever. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Where before it was like, yeah, you could be you know, he's omnipotent, but he wasn't like the bringer of death. I he needed to really be explained yeah exactly i I don't think he needed to either 
It made it worse. Because even in the scene in the rain when he's like, you know, it's your time to go or it's time to go, it would still be just as yeah. emotional and impactful. And, and like, n- without needing to be explained, you would still be like, I get it. He was kind of like God all along. And I think it's already very apparent, like, he's a magical guy who's, like, tied to this remote. The rules of, like, the world don't apply to him. Like, I feel like all of that is already implied. I didn't think we need to be like, I'm the angel of death. Because in the end, it really didn't add anything either. Or it wasn't like, oh, I wondered. And also, there were no, like, real. there weren't really any seeds planted to like indicate exactly that there were either. none there were no indicators at all that's why it was just such a like left turn and so unnecessary um i always find but it very weird overall when some movies try to just confirm that christianity is real especially when adam sandler is like a proud jewish man and casted proud jewish parents and he's like but angels are real. And I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to communicate to me. This felt unnecessary. Sorry. Yeah, it was weird. I was just going to say, overall, while this movie, outside of the plot line, was pretty brutal. Yeah. I mean, such a poignant message. Yeah. Like, very much so. And definitely... In 2006, the first of its kind in my, you know, in my world. The first time I had ever watched a movie that had this message where at least I understood that underlying theme. Yeah. Of, you know, don't take life for granted. You know, cherish the moments you have and don't, you know, don't always... Don't chase the rainbow because at the end of the day, it's going to be just cornflakes anyways. <laughs> right. Like, it, it did drive home to a nine-year-old and even today was very apparent and, and poignant. Yeah. And I appreciated that. And I think that that is really the driving force of of this movie not being as bad as... It could have been. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And, like, also, for every, like, 20 horribly offensive jokes, there was, like, a good one in there. Like, (laughs) there were some good moments. There were some funny moments. Um, I also... I have a theory... Okay. ...that I really... I'm sorry. I have a theory that I really want to say to you guys that I think could be potentially mind-blowing <laughs> okay but is this movie the turning point of adam sandler's movie career where he started to take it less seriously so he could spend time with his family that's oh what i said and then yeah. that's the- when but i'm saying but this is when the reason his movies all took a nosedive after this is because he's like I'm only doing it for the paycheck because at the end of the day, I just want to be spending time with my family and being able to, you know, being able to provide obviously is key, but it's not the end all be all. And he's also And notorious. this movie's message is, is, you know, the illustration of that. And he's notorious for like being like, whatever, people are going to give me a ton of money to make a movie because people are going to see it. So I'm going to find like 
a beach and I'm going to bring all of my friends and family with me so we just film a dumb movie but have a good time together. Like that is his whole deal now with like the movies he actually like produces himself. And then, but then he also does a good, he's usually generally doing a very good job in movies that he doesn't have any like creative control over too at the same time. So, and let me just, let me just read out to you a couple, you know, just a couple of the big movies before this one came out and then the movies after it came out. So before this movie, there was The Longest Yard, which <laughs> I don't think is that bad, but it, de- and it, but it definitely has the Adam Sandler touch to it. But there was also Fifty First Dates, Punch Drunk Love, Anger Management, Spanglish, which I think are, you know, pretty highly regarded. I haven't seen those last two. And then Click came out. And then afterwards, it was, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Ugh. Don't mess with the Zohan, Bedtime Stories, grown-ups just go with it jack and jill that's my boy these are almost oh, in boy. succession i skipped one or t- i skipped funny people because again i don't know if he had he didn't direct full that one. no that was control. a judd apatow movie exactly so then you know just go with it zoo the zookeeper i don't even know what that is jack and jill that's my boy grown-ups Two, blended the cobbler pixels the ridiculous six we're the now do-over. in netflix zone <laughs> yeah so this was literally, I mean, I know, Allegra, you said that you're like, this is, this is the when he had his fall from grace. Start getting even. <laughs> yeah, but it, he is living the message of this movie, and this movie is what caused that. I think that's a very poignant point, Gray. I think that's like a very good uh, catch. Because like he, I don't think he directed Anger Management. He definitely didn't direct Punch Drunk Love. But like... The other movies, it's like, yes, there's the, like, I feel like they still tried a little bit in this movie. And it's still, like, based in New York. There's no, like, international set pieces here. But it it sort of feels like he's testing the water. He's like, what if I just cut a few corners? It's a really long back of a deal. And, like, he's just getting braver and braver as the next sort of slew of movies come across. Mm -hmm. Um, Slight tangent. Um, since we're speaking about the location, because like this movie and I now pronounce <laughs> Chuck and Larry both take place in New York City, if memory recalls. But Holland, do you remember after he accidentally time jumps through sex when he doesn't want to, and he's like, "I gotta get to work, but I can't do anything normal," so he like bikes to work. Is yeah, across, across the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Bridge. Bridge. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, he lives in Brooklyn. I'm, I'm like, not getting Brooklyn. No, he no. lives in a Pasadena suburb. <laughs> That's where his ha- like that looks exactly like. Like New Jersey. His house looks very California, though. Like for real. Yeah. But also, yeah, he I'm runs like... through this plaza, like in the very, very beginning of the movie, even earlier when he's late for work and he runs through this like fountainy place. I cannot confirm it's the same scene in Uncut Gems, but I was like, this looks like a scene in Uncut Gems. And holy shit, what very different vibes these also... movies are. <laughs> Also, at Ben's wedding, did you notice, like, the double freedom towers in the skyline? Yes. Because I looked it up, and I was like, wait, when were the freedom... Like, when was One World Trade built? And they started construction in 2006. But I don't (sighs) think it was completed until, like, 2013 or 14 or something. And... I think it was 2011 on the 10-year anniversary. 
I don't remember. I at least that was the time. Well, when I went to go Wikipedia in twenty twelve, one one World Trade Center okay. was not being was not finished yet when I visited New York for the first time. I think it was I think it was like twenty fourteen, according to Wikipedia. Okay. And I so I was like, okay, so but like it looks like what one world trade looks like now so i'm like i'm assuming the plans must have been out there and they just like were like well there were two before so we're just gonna put two of these in the skyline i thought that was like interesting yeah (laughs) yeah well do we want to just wrap you know wrap Wrap up with the fun facts and trivia and everything and get to the final scores well let's yeah let's do our final scores first because that's what we usually do right sure all right let's do it argument Oh yeah, great. Do you have any the final, final argument? I think I think I want to end it on that tinge of the overall message of this movie, um, and the kind of the the points we all spoke about just a second ago. That was it was him starting to cut corners, but still try to deliver something that could be, you know, construed as good. Um, very Adam Sandler and unfortunately very 2006 humor. So I, the, the hold up ability is a rough one to defend. I am not even going to attempt it, but otherwise, you know, it was, it did get my attention at first. It was just rough because the first half of the movie was just bad. It was gross. That's the word I would describe. It was gross. But once that turn you know once we went down that road of the cautionary tale i was very compelled i was very i mean stricken with emotion throughout the last like 30 minutes of the movie and you know and I, and like i said when i was it was the first movie when i was 9 the first movie that i can remember that actually drove home in a Drove home a very serious message in a packaging that I could understand. And I do think that that is worth, you know, some some leniency um, <laughs> with the otherwise problematic movie. Okay. So, I before we really get into it, I just want to say... When I googled click drinking game, there's only like seven rules. <laughs> and one of them is Morty appears. <laughs> um, and another one That's is, why you liked Morty so much. <laughs> and then you and, got to drink. And another one is anytime a remote control is used. So I had like two and a half gin and tonics. Oh my to god. <laughs> So I bumped up sit through ability and I bumped up follow ability, but I feel like everything else is pretty fair. Okay, so let's go down. I don't think I'm changing any of my scores. I think all of my scores were already pretty generous and I'm and talking about it has solidified my like my scores, I think. So, nostalgia, I have an 8. Allegra, what did you have again? 5. Okay. Are you holding true with it? Yeah, uh, that feels extremely accurate still. Sit through ability, I had a seven. I bumped it up to an eight. It really was like fine. I was expecting much worse. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to bump it up to an eight too. 
Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm still children. upset that this is going to score out better than Grease 2. Because <laughs> Grease 2 was way more fucking fun. Okay? No, it I wasn't. If I got to score no, Grease 2, Grease 2 would get like a fucking 10 out of 10 out of sit through ability because it was way much more insane. No. Um, appropriate for children, <laughs> I have a 6. Uh, 5. All right, so that remains. Does it hold up? I had a 4. 4. What? And then can we follow this? I had 10. I I bumped it up to a ten. It really is like extremely nice. Popular. All right. So Hell let's... yeah. Sixty-eight. Nice. Not too shabby, <laughs> Should we just baby. give it one bonus point so we can say it's a sixty-nine? <laughs> I want to give in, one in true bonus Adam Sandler point. humor fashion. It needs to be that. <laughs> one bonus point for uh, Christopher Walken. The only one trying. 100% agree and now it brings it up to a 69. (laughs) Guys, this honest, and I mean this with 100% sincerity, this could not have gone better. So let's stinky, stinky scars. <laughs> let's round it out with some fun facts and trivia, guys. Okay. Released right. June twenty third, two thousand six. A budget of eighty two point five million. Box office two hundred and forty point seven million. Oh my god. <sighs> and is Fuck and you, is Adam, Adam Sandler's I think most successful commercial feature film. Well, in ter- uh, what I mean by, in terms of profit according to the amazon facts that popped up as i watched this movie as of 2010 it was his highest grossing film i don't know and i think if it remains so um some trivia for the movie the coin trick that henry winkler does in the movie is something the actor actually does in real life <laughs> during public appearance appearances winkler will often do the trick for children Aww. um during that scene that Allegra laughed at where he's singing We Got the Funk and Christopher Walken dances, that is a trademark that he does in all of his movies. Who? Adam um, or Walken? Walken. Oh. Um, Drew Barrymore turned down the role of Donna Newman, his wife. Ah. And again, this was only a year after Fifty First Dates. Um... Director cameo, I already said that. Um, Adam Sandler's home, where he sees himself in the future, is the same building used as John Lovitz's character's home in the movie The Benchwarmers, which we need to add to the list. Oh my god, I forgot about that movie! (laughs) We'll have to have It's basically the Sandlot sequel. We gotta watch it. Oh Jesus Christ. Christ. We're, pro- we're gonna need a Schneider month. Well, that's aren't we? I know. I get. I know. Do we need a Schneider month? Oh <laughs> fuck! Does he have enough movies? Um, I think so. Robtober? Like I don't know. Robtober. <laughs> October is Halloween. How about we do? We could do, uh, and uh, this is just laziness, but because it sounds funny, we could do Robril. Just April. <laughs> Robril. Anyways, uh, Christopher Walken, 
Christopher Walken character Morty is revealed to be the angel of death. Mortis is the Latin word for death and is the basis for such words as mortician, rigor mortis, mortality, etc. Um, that was also an Amazon fact. <laughs> oh, fun. There we go. And now just some 2006 trivia to give you a, a snapshot of the time. Blu-ray was invented. <laughs> the biggest movies of the year included Night at the Museum and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, mm. which either one I think could be in this list. Um, High School Musical premiered on Disney Channel. Yeah, it did. Um, this is a fun fact I didn't know about, but I really like it. David Copperfield and two assistants were robbed at gunpoint. The renowned magician was able to employ sleight of hand to conceal his possessions when the thieves turned to him. He was quoted as calling his spontaneous illusion, quote unquote, reverse pickpocketing. Oh my God. Um, iTunes' billionth song was downloaded this year and it was Speed of Sound by Coldplay. <laughs> Very 2006. Oh, wow. And, and I thought this one was perfect because it ties into the movie very ironically. In 2006, Britney Spears and Kevin Federline broke up. Oh, my God. <laughs> also, uh, and, Holland graduated eighth grade in 2006. <laughs> that, that is all for the fun facts. I tried to keep it short because I feel like sometimes I drag on a little long. <laughs> No, I thought it was my fine. headphones. My headphones are dying, and this Mac is breathing as heavy as a a pug with asthma. So <laughs> okay, well, we gotta okay. we gotta randomize so Holland's I, before movie. We pick my movie. I just want to point out the thing I maybe laughed at the hardest in this movie, which was when they were at that barbecue and those like teens were giving Adam Sandler a hard time, and they yelled at him, "Go home and watch VH1, old man." I thought that was so strange. <laughs> that was a Holland line. They put that in there. Even for stranger you. because in 2006, Holland was actively watching exactly. VH1. I'm like, why aren't you guys watching VH1? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're the demographic. Okay, but I will share, share screen. my screen. Share the screen. screen. Share the screen. Oh, man. Great. I hope it's stinky again. That just helps my odds. Well, this one didn't I mean, end up being that stinky. I honestly, Holland, I hope we both get really great movies because I don't want to watch any poopy ones. We have the wheel of names up. I will refresh everyone's memory of what the options are. So we have 51st Dates, Big Daddy, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer, I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, Grown Ups, The Longest Yard, and Mr. Deeds. So we are spinning for my Holland's choice for Santembler. I am terrified, but let's do it. All right, I'm going to click to spin. Ready? Okay. Oh, God. I'm... Oh, God. Mr. Deeds. Mr. No. Deeds. Mr. <gasps> Deeds. Yes! 51st Dates, oh, baby! God damn it! I'm happy, I'm happy to watch it, but fuck you. Okay. Also, both... Okay. We're now two out of three movies that I put in have been chosen. That's super weird. Holland is cheap. Bias. <laughs> Bias. You guys watched me Rigged. spin the wheel. <laughs> Rigged. I swear to God, if I don't get the wedding singer, I'm going to poop myself. I don't want to defend 
And I <laughs> hope you get, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, just because you. you're the one who put Fuck it you. in for no reason. <laughs> well, by this fucking way the things are going, I'm going to get the last one you put in, which I don't even remember what it is. Big Daddy. <laughs> Big Daddy's not too bad. That's, like, maybe, like, second or third less, like, that I could hope for. Okay. Alrighty. Well, um, we got the movie for next week. We're gonna be watching Fifty First Dates. I'm so excited about it. I know there are problematic parts of it, but you know what? I think it's better than Click. But <laughs> uh, if you have any thoughts on Sand Tembler or on Click or on the show in general, you can find us on twitter instagram and tiktok at latchkey sibs or you can send us an email at latchkey sibs at gmail.com and please do and if you are listening you can listen to us pretty much anywhere that podcasts are available but if you're listening to us on apple podcasts if you could rate review and subscribe that would be super awesome and we'd love to just see who's out there see who's listening and it helps us out on getting the show out to other people too um, but I think that is all that we have for you guys today. Next week, 51st dates. Until then, we'll see you later. Bye.